You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is some of my best friends or Kabbalists with Harav Nosen Notoglik from Ashkelon and Eretz Yisrael. Um, Rav Nosen, uh, we have uh, unfortunately not been in contact in terms of uh, we never forget the influences of our parents, but we want to try uh, as much as we can as the years go by uh, to be to generate schuyot for them, for Uliyas Nishmoteyam. I think Kabbalists and people who are part of Chachmas Asod obviously uh, take this extremely seriously. Um, they, I know that uh, our good friend Slifkin and others have poo-pooed the sense of doing anything with schus the nifter, that, you know, obviously, you know, that it's all sort of like smoke and mirrors to try to get people to to be makdish themselves. But of course, al-pisod, there's, uh, 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 there's still a tikkun that children are able to to do. And I know that you've been involved in it over the last, uh, over the last period. There used to have a vertel or or several vertels actually that he used to like to say over and they were original and he was actually very pleased with them you know and one of them is about the question of i am a kavoda you know why would the after we say kaddish 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 why would anybody in shamayim have sfekis over where is hakaddish baruch who's covered located it's why are you asking i am a and um and my father's my father's answer was that uh, I, and this is very typical for this kind of you know for the kind of place where he grew up and the kind of different Torah that they said is that um, you know every mitzvah creates a malach so there are malachim that were created by us through saying uh, through saying kedusha those malachim are new malachim so they don't know the answer to the question I am a kumkivadi so that's why they're that's why they're asking. Um, and I always had I always had the ambition to maybe take the whole sukya of uh, of kedusha, and you know build it up and spread it out and and elaborate on it and and see where my father's answer might conceivably fit into the into the whole thing. I'm sure that that would grant, you know create a gigantic nachas ruach for him. Uh, uh, I mean, I can't think of any better way. I mean, uh, taking the uh, the idea that was planted in you and expanding it and developing it. That's exactly what. I think we all want our children to do. We want our children to yeah. take the positives that we uh, bequeath them and to use them as inspiration, expansion, to to make what we said better and to make what we do. Yeah. Right? I think that's that's really the, the um, ultimate love that you could show a parent. Is... Especially since the, the kasha is a very good kasha and, and it's it's talked about in Mekubalim. There's all sorts of elements of the kavan of Musaf Shabbos which which focus on the ayei mekum kavayda. So it's not a it's not a davar shamabachach. Um, so yeah, so I'm working on that. I'm working on that, and then right now I'm. Yeah, you know, we talk about ancestor worship and and how it's foreign to Yiddishkeit. You know, the Baal Shem Tov uh, said al tifnu el Don't necessarily turn towards uh, the ovos. Of course, was the old necromancers who put bones in their mouths and rose the dead, but. The Balshamtev knew something when he talked about, you know, that there's av and ov. That in some ways we don't want to deify and glorify. We want to realize where we have to move in different directions and not necessarily be entrenched. Uh, but there is something I think in our in our DNA to to want to hook back to 
ideas our parents have said. Um, I think you see it in, in, in brisk quite a bit. You know, in the brisk derech, you'll see that the sons and the grandsons, they'll say over the statement, you know, with the same exact uh, phraseology, this is what the, this is what the grandfather said, you know, this is, you know, this is the way it has to be. I just heard a story recently, um, and you know this by Briskers all the time, brilliant uh, Talmudist, very much in the Brisker world, he's part of the Soloveitchik family, and, you know, I, I was telling him things from, you know, from the Shagas and from the Pnei Yeshua, and his whole frame of reference was, well, there's, yeah, there's something like that in Rechayim, right? Something like, right, right? Basically, you know, the, 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 sometimes the blinders are on to the point that even things that are, that are well-known, I know it through the lens of my family. I know it through the lens of my father, my grandfather. Uh, and this is the way they said it. Um, well, there's, a, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of um, anecdotes from, uh, from Rav Soloveitchik, you know, that, uh, when when he used to teach, he would experience first of all the presence of uh, of his father, you know, and then he would experience the presence of Reb Chaim Brisker. He would, he would claim that Reb Chaim Brisker was in the room, and in that chos, he was able to like bridge the gap between his old age and the and the and the youthful vigor of his of his students, you know, and then and then he would claim that he you know was getting visitations. I mean, he was being poetic, of course, yes. but, but you know he was getting visitations from Rashi and the Riff and right. the and the Rambam was walking into the room and everybody's there. A beautiful piece so, of Bikashta, at the end of Bikashta Misham, the beautiful essay right. that was published in um, Hadarom. Bikashta Misham, he writes at the end about all the Rishonim coming in the sense of the Rishon coming into yeah. the room. And, so, so he said he had, he definitely had the idea that, that the past lives through the present, through learning Torah. A hundred percent. I'll tell and, you two things from, from Rav Yashaber interrupting you. The first thing is, is that he said, Grandpapa started the revolution, but I'm finishing it. <laughs> right. In other words, he saw himself, right, and this really, you know, we talk about being mishtalim, you know, because clearly, you know, Brisk has been uh, criticized for, I wouldn't call it cryptic, but almost, you know, being satisfied with just uh, the terminology and certain terse statements, and this is the way they need to be said. And I think Rav Yashaber did and you can see this in the shiurim that were printed and from and also the recordings is that he was willing to take those terms and those terse terms and really expand on them in a way that he wasn't necessarily imploding them like they didn't mean anything he really was able to use language and his incomparable capacity of explaining things and and and, and, and developing things, so he actually did finish it. I, I, he, it's an amazing trick, you know. In, in other words, to mm. be able to keep those words and those phrases the way they said it, but on the other hand, to be able to recognize, just like you're doing with your father, Lashalom, to expand it, to to push it especially for the American public that he was giving shurim to, who needed more than just Adinaze. This is Azoi Darf Menzogen. I think there's a certain, a European had a, an ability, I believe, to sort of accept. And Kabbalists, I think, have <clears throat> talked about Sephardi Mekubalim in the same way. This is the way the expression needs to be given over, and this is the way we say it over. 
and and and, and American kids are raised to to push the envelope to say why I need more than that, and that's part of mm. that's part of what he was able to do in YU. Amazingly, he was able to expand things somewhere, I guess, to the way you know you, you could say you know the cab the the Mukubovim, the new age type of people who need to explain things more, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's a schlag or whoever it is, um, you need to expand from those core principles. Uh, those yeah. core words, the way they're being said. Um, you know, I'm certainly in favor of expanding because I, I do that. I do that a lot. I mean, in this particular talk that I'm trying to put together, I'm really the expansion of an idea. You know, th- we live in an age that desires simplification, and and yet we realize that, that the ultimate way I think to do service to it is to write, develop. One of the things that I think uh, undercuts even the shiurim that they have from Rav Salvechik, that they are basically the sheer notes of things he said to a group. Now it's true he was, he would talk for two hours. Still, you can't it's you can't uh, compare what you're going to say to a group as even a group that's very well prepared and has texts in front of them to what you would write independently as the definitive essay on an idea. What we have in many ways with Salvechik is the recordings that have been transcribed or the sheer notes that have been altered as opposed to the complete mind of that person, of of how they were uh, doing things. And um, I think that's important uh, for people to understand when they when they'll look at ideas and they find, well, I find this facile. I don't find any great depth here. Um, many times what you're, what, what you are presented with is, you know, the, the transcripts of a public talk, a public talk by definition, uh, takes into the consideration that, you know, I have a good friend who says five minutes of lumdus is what you do. In other words, five minutes yeah. of, of real lumdus. The basic shear is, you know, is, 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 is a meandering, you know, journey that has some interesting uh, sights. And then there's five minutes where it's the chase scene at the end of the movie where it's really intense. And that's where you bring it home. Um, yeah. so, so, so I think there is a thing that well, somebody once told me about, uh, about learning Gemara is that sometimes, you know, even when you're, even when you're learning Gemara and you see that there's something there that's like, you know, pretty, pretty mysterious, like a concept that makes very little sense. Like, uh, I don't know, you know, you know, if you have a, if you have a rock flying through a Rishus you know, it's a, it's as if it's stationary. Like what, why, how, what does that even mean? It's, it's not stationary. I, okay. So, and I always, you know, kind of used to try to break my head over these things. And so what I was once told by a very, by a very smart Lambden who, you know, who I, who I met one day is that, you know, don't think that the Gemara said it all. I mean, these people had very deep thoughts. Don't imagine that this was all that they had, you know, because for every for everything that they could say, there was mountains of stuff that they simply didn't have the time to say. They didn't have, you know, if they, if they try to take that stuff and put it into words, it would be such a mountain of words that, you know, who would be able to sift through it? So they boiled it down and give it to you like this, you know, and you're supposed to take it as a kind of axiom. But But remember, there's... You know, there's stuff behind that. Not everything in the Gemara is explicated um, 
to the fullest extent necessary. Right? There's well, some stuff which is actually the... left very vague, which brings us to which brings us to our next topic, I suppose. Yes, yes, yes. I'm getting there. Again, yeah. just, just to point just to point out that you know there was this tradition that the, just like the not you know, unlike the Rambam who sort of has this idea of you know the book starts getting circulated. Um, you know, the, the Mishnah, and then the, the Gemara itself was was very much preserved by these oral uh, savants. Although people had pay, pages of it, much of it was oral. Much of it was um, meant to be memorized, um, and therefore, again, it's, it's very saliently different than than uh, right. what we have today, which is the ability to store information, uh, the ability which we've had since the printing press. The ability to actually, you know, write and publish and have these long tomes, um, and and be able be able to do things like that. Um, but you're right. I, I think that um, the, where I want to go, Tanakh has chaloimos, has dreams. Um, but if you look in the Talmud, you have visitations from personalities and dreams consistently. Um, uh, whether you know, to, to again to do a, a search of every single Amora who was visited, or a dream came to them, or a message in a dream, um, and often personalities and people. What I wanted to talk to you about was something that we've we've talked about on a personal level, which is the idea of the fact, not the idea, but maybe it's only an idea, not a fact, that. Our loved ones, our parents and other loved ones, visit us, that they send us messages from whatever oilam they're in, in Chalaymois. And, um, you know, Chazal talk about this. Um, uh, I mentioned to you in the previous conversation how I found it very prevalent in Bavli, and you mentioned your Shalmi, but it doesn't come up that much in the Zayra Kodesh, the idea of, you know, of, of a gilui through a cholin. But we have uh, many, many references to this. And I want to talk about your personal um, connection to the people like your father, Elvisholem, through cholimus. I'll share a little bit about the cholimus as well. This matters because it's so, it's so, you know, it's so wild that uh, with every word that came out from Hakadosh Baruch of Maimon Har Sinai, all the living people died and all the dead people came back to life. You know, and and I think what that means quite simply is is that is that the distinction between present and past or present and future is somewhat is somewhat arbitrary. I mean, it's a, it's it's really all one continuum. And if you if you block out the present or the sense of living in the present, you know, then then the past is absolutely real and people are still there. I mean, they're past, so it's not exactly a state of being that we can that we can identify with, you know. But but what is you know what was is, you know, and and it's only because we're locked in the present that it seems to be to be something that is no longer there. You know, Masha'in Kane, if you block out the past, then we have this present, which is always, which is always moving and always in motion. But Alpiha MS, certainly for someone who is, who is like a Rangatoin in, 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 in Tyra, the past and the present and the future are present and in some way or another present in the here and now. And that's what I got out of my experience with my father. I, I had, well, I mean, I have I had a lot of dreams after, after he was Nifter, a lot, a lot of them. And they were very, 
you know, some of them were like just really, really interesting. One thing that they all had in common, which actually made me think that maybe there was something to them, you know, is that my father didn't say a word. He never said a word. Now, for my father not to talk to me and give me advice about what I'm doing and what's going on with me and why are you doing this and why shouldn't you be doing that, for my father simply to be there and not talk, I said, this is, this is a chiddish. Okay, this is a chiddish. So I thought, you know, that, okay, so that's interesting. That's if, you know, if I, was, if I was conjuring this up out of my own recollections of him, I think he'd be talking a mile a minute, you know. But most of the time he would come out, you know, just as a, just as a presence. So, I mean, there was, there was one dream that I had. This is pretty, this is probably the one that kicked it off, was, was dreaming of the cemetery in Tiveria. My grandparents are buried in the cemetery in Tiveria. My father and mother are buried in the Tivot. Um, but the cemetery in Tiveria didn't look like a cemetery. It looked like a very fancy hotel frequented by all sorts of very fancy business people, you know, and, and, and there in the middle of it all is my father wearing a beautiful, you know, beautiful, uh, uh, fitted suit of the kind that he used to wear when I was like a child. Cause he, you know, he kind of gave up on suits as his, as his day-to-day attire later on. Um, but then, you know, there was back in the day when he was a consummate businessman, a very classy, you know, very classy dresser, you know, and there he was walking around the, the hotel, which was, a, which was a tomb, you know, with all these other businessmen and, and I guess just being there, like I said, but, but um, it was, it was kind of like, okay, you know, so my, my father had two sides to his personality, really. One of them was in a sense, the London that he was never able to be, you know, cause he, he, um, he had some learning disabilities, which he managed to overcome, like after his bar mitzvah. And then he got sent away to a Hungarian yeshiva where they had him learning Gemara Balpeh. Um, so he actually learned a lot of Gemara Balpeh, and it's at something like the, the first parak of Kedushin he had he had memorized. But then when you know when the war came, you know the, all of that got erased, and his and his dyslexia came back big time. So he that was kind of like the end of his career as a Lamdan, but he did discover his love of business. So my father had like these two dimensions to his personality. He was really great in business. He's a fantastic entrepreneur. On the other hand, he was somebody who would have been in a different life, a big Lamdan. Okay. From a family, from a family of Lamdanim. So it's just an interesting, interesting dynamic. So from that dream, I learned that there's a special Ganeiden for business people, business people, especially if they're honest and straight, they get a business Ganeden. You know, Ganeden is 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 kind of like a projection of 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 who you are and where you where you want to be and what is what is Shlemus for you. You know. After that I had another dream where we were oh, I don't know, I was so going up to some, yeah. So you know let me let me just stop you before you get to the second dream. Your sense is is that your father was coming to teach you this Yesod. In other words, you, the dream, you know, the construction of the dream, the the particles that created that image of a, it's a cemetery, but it's also a fancy hotel. There's other business people. Those were imposed, you believe, by your father's will from the Yom MS. Somehow being able to oh. insert itself into the little, into all the aspects of imagination that are in your head and to be able to fuse them to send the message that he wanted to send you. That he wanted you to get this message about Gan Eden for business people. 
Is, am I right in what you're saying? I think because if it's your well, fight, did you did, close? I mean, close. I first, of all, first of all, I think that the I think the Yikar Chiddush for me was was kind of like perceiving the truth of it, not so much that this was the message that he was trying to send me. So you, he was so, trying to send me a so message. Was, Look, I'm okay. Uh, so, but in other words, God, who God, who is the Rebbeinu Shalom, who knows what you're dreaming, is hoping that Nelson is able to. Um, build on this and get it just like a novi well you see things you know okay but that's what you're it's you don't think it's your father's will that wants i need to teach my son this idea you believe that your father wanted to come to you to let you know maybe maybe it is maybe it is but that's not the impression that i had at the time i mean the, the impression the impression that i had at the time was my father was really interested in letting me know that he was completely okay that he was living out you know or or you know, experiencing his his ultimate shlemus as a business person, and he looked like a he looked like I remember him from my childhood, by the way, which is which is kind of interesting because obviously my father at, at fifty or sixty was not my father at, uh, at thirty. Okay, so he looked like he did back then, and and um, you know the, the the nice suit, the dapper look, the whole the whole thing. So it was it was uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, but then the dream that came afterwards was much different. And that was, I guess, I was driving up to the Catskills somewhere, going to some sort of, I don't know, place with a base medrash in it, you know, and we get to the base medrash. It's one of these old wooden kind of ramshackle buildings that they have up in the Catskills, you know, and, and my father is standing out in the, in the, in the room in front of the, the in front of the base medrash, and he can't seem to find his way in, you know. And as much as I try to, you know, guide him, you know, okay, there's the door, there's the door, but he just turns around and goes someplace else, and I'm I'm trying to follow him, and then I'm lost, you know, and that's that's pretty much where the where the dream ended, and so that kind of hypercharged my limud mishnayis. Let me tell you, <laughs> you know, the uh, you know, So that was that was the second kind of dream and i guess i mean i guess there's a lesson in there too that you I mean you can you can be in the ganadin for business people but not be out but you know not be in the ganadin for those people i mean you know ganadin is a multi-leveled a multi-level affair you can be you know you can be you can be living the good life in one place and 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 still trying to find your way in in the other place um after after that began to used to drive he loved driving and he, you know, he could load us kids in the car and, and drive for hours and hours and hours, you know, upstate Florida, up and around all over the all over the East Coast. And sometimes, you know, one of the things that we had to do was to talk to Tati to keep him from falling asleep. Right. So, you know, we'd trade off, we'd have jobs, I, you know, I'd have to sit in the front seat and talk to him so he stays awake and drives. Okay. And this time, you know, I find myself in the car sitting next to my father, father, you know, father's in the driver's seat. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting next to him and it's, you know, it's my job to keep him awake. So I'm talking, talking, talking. Tati is not talking back. And then I look over and suddenly I realize that it's, you know, it's not that he's asleep. I mean, it's, it's much worse than Tati being asleep. It's, you know, Tati's not alive anymore. I was saying, okay, oh my God, dead people can't drive cars. What's happening over here? And the minute I think that thought, dead people can't drive cars, the car starts to veer off the road. <laughs> and then I wake up insane. All right. Anyway, so that went were, were on. Were you a child? Was I dreaming myself as a child? No, no, I was an adult. 
Okay. Um, what age was I? I don't, I don't, I don't know, but you know, I had some trips with my father when I was, when I was older, you know, and, but he no, he no longer did those kind of road trips that he, that he used to, I mean, my, my, my father used to put in hundreds of miles. He was, there was a period of time that he was like a traveling salesman for somebody else's company. Then he became a traveling salesman for his own company. Um, so anyway, the, the dream that kind of resulted So my my dad and I are in the car, and my father is driving through a very very flooded street. Okay, so my dad and I are in the car. He's driving through a flooded street, and the water keeps getting higher and higher and higher. You know, and I'm you know we're gonna we're gonna get flooded. This is this is not gonna end well. And my dad, who was a great driver, he does some sort of maneuver. He tips the car off on one side. He drops the other side of the car down on some wall along the side of the road. And then he does another maneuver and he lifts the car up. So it basically, you know, rides edgewise along the wall until it plumps down off of the wall back into the road far away from the flood area. And it was almost it was almost like a voiceman Ashamayim says, Don't worry, Tati's driving. Now, I woke up right after that and I really felt like I like I un, like I understood the message. The message is is that, you know, aside from the fact that I had a lot of worries going on at the time for another reason, but you know, ours Chusavis is driving. You know, my 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 father's looking out for us. From the Tveria Hotel Cemetery, through visiting mom and all the other, the Chalimais, which is a series, build, built an idea that eventually you were able to absorb and work with and live with, which is the fact that um, the person is not in this plane, but in a way is still influencing your life. And in a way, there's still a connection that you have. Whether he comes and visits you ever again, you need to know that. And that is sort of what, now, now these dreams, this series, it happened over the period of a year of, the, of, of, the, of his death, or it happened over a period of a couple of, how many, how long I would was? say approximately two years, I think. Two years, about. All right. And by the way, I should just, I should just say when my mother was Nifter, nothing. Nothing. Not a not a not a visit. Not a not a peeps. Not a phone call. Not a fax message. Okay. Not an email. Okay. My mother seems to have just you know gone over to the other side and 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 that's it. Everything's everything's uh, everything's okay. Yeah. Well, I, I have. To I would have liked to have gotten some you know some influences from my. It's not like I, I live a great life of Said or of Kedusha, but. You know, I do believe, you know, as the Gemara declares, what do our what do our parents know? Do our parents, uh, what do the people, I mean, this is something the Chazal have been troubled by. How much do they know? How much are they connected? Um, and, and, and my experience has been, and it, it comes through the medium of the Cholom. Now, unlike in, in your dream, where I think there's a lot more, there's a lot more, act, you know, abstract symbolism, um, uh, 
I guess I was, you know, much more, you know, yeah, it's much more straightforward. Now, again, the psychologist would say you were worried. So your dream created this phone call for you. So, you know, your subconscious knew that you needed these uh, messages in order to, you know, create a certain balance and, and equanimity within you. Now, I, I can understand that, but I can tell you that they can, were They can always say that. They can always say that. To me, so, it was, it was, it was honestly, I can I can tell I can tell in my own state the quality of a dream, coherence, um, meaning, sense of reality, how awake I am in my own dreaming. Okay, I also have sleep apnea, so I have a lot of experience with being awake while I'm while I'm dreaming. It's uh, you know it's not it's not so unusual for me, but. Um, but yeah, you can you can you can tell if a dream is is meaningful or if it's real or if it's or if it's dvarim betelim or if it's just my you know my brain letting off tension and steam. You know, yeah, we can you can tell that. That's not. Well, I don't think that's well, that's we difficult. Have, we, we we are jaundiced, and let's let's sort of wrap it up with this. We are jaundiced, you know, in today's world because of the prevalence of psychology and pop psychology, and 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 also I think the 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 grotesque overdoing of dreams from Hollywood and films about you know whether it's Freddy Krueger coming to you to kill you in your dream or whatever it is um, <laughs> that, that I think we sort of like we sort of waver you know between you know everything is just like what what did Scrooge say maybe you're just a potato when Marley's ghost came to him he says maybe you're just an undigested potato <laughs> from, from 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 supper to you know the idea that uh, you know uh, you know uh, like like you know the, that we have of you know the ultra reality I, I i i really believe though that 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 one needs to look at especially you know the makairis and in, in chazal and halacha about why we do um, why a person fasts even on Shabbos over these dreams. Now, one could say it's part of the primitive mindset of Chazal. Now, obviously, we reject that. The Razan de Etra of this program is a rejection of a historicity, historicity of, of this type of attitude. Chazal took them seriously. We, I believe, despite the difficulty of taking it seriously because of what we're assaulted by from pop psychologists on one side to ultra, you know, grand gingwall, uh, you know, types of, you know, material, you know, yeah. Scientific materialists on the other. Right. So, but I think like both of us, I think recognize that we, that we can still today become connected just like Chazal tell us that there are messages, that there are giluyim. doesn't say you have to be a Baruch HaKadosh or Mekubal to make a Hatavas Chalayim. You are getting, and, and there is an idea that something, the Chalayim is a portent. Now, it might be a portent or it might, about what could happen to you. It also might be a Musr of how you could change. Or it might also be a message that someone we say We say it so often. If 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 we want our parents to be meilitza yoisher, wouldn't they want to be meilitza yoisher on 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 one spouse on the other? 
doesn't it make sense that a mother who no. uh, who leaves her children suddenly because of like and she was the in my in my case my mom was the was the active one was the one that was very much involved was, she was completely uh, always worried about my dad's health doesn't it make sense that in any compassionate world that a person could still connect to what they brought into this world. I, 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 it's almost in a way that I, I must believe in it. First of all, I do believe in it because my, my senses told me that it was, I was hearing words. But, but, but intellectually, I must. Because otherwise, I am left with almost... Uh, you know, a nihilistic hole of, of well, what is anything? What is anything worth? If 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 the people who who came before us with go into a state where they are disconnected completely from us, despite the fact that as we started today, we live with their ideas, we expand their ideas. As we get older, we realize how much of what we are is what they have inserted in us. How can we not accept the, the, the as a fact that our parents, especially, and maybe our brothers and our sisters and our children, can come to us and can, through the means that scientists have never really been able to explain, they don't really understand the purpose of, you know, there's all a bunch of theories of why we dream of what it's about. It's about getting material out of your head or whatever it is, uh, you know, like synapses or, or like cells of skin that need to fall off. Wish fulfillment, according to Freud. Yeah, that, that somehow the human body needs. All of it is theoretical and all of it is, 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 is basically uh, unknown. If we want to be from and be macabre, what Chazal tell us, I think we have to really go that way. And... Um, and, and, and like I say, your, your dad's messages should should strengthen you. And look, I'm not, you know, I'm hoping it's going to be a while before I, I, I get any more of them. But uh, because generally they come in a time of, of, of intense crisis when they feel that they have to reach out and connect. We should only live, of course, with their, with the, with those memories and the suyas that they have provided for us and, and, they will uh, have nachas from uh, the Amen, Amen. and whatever your family is doing. Take care, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 